A quick warning, this podcast deals with adult themes. Welcome to Modern Babies. I'm Jess, and this is a podcast about the sometimes bumpy road to starting a family. If you are looking for advice on fertility or IVF, visit Jenea.com.au and you can request an appointment with one of their fertility specialists. Today, we're hearing the stories of three different babies. One conceived with IVF, one conceived naturally, and one with a little help somewhere in between. My name's Megan Ryan. I'm 26 years old and I started trying to have a baby about 12 months after we got married. Megan works as a midwife, so she's pretty used to pregnant women and children. She always wanted to be a mother and she wanted to do it young. So when her and her husband got married, they started trying, but something wasn't right. I had no previous history of any issues gynecologically or anything like that. And my period was fine. I just never fell pregnant. And I started doing home ovulation tests and never got a positive result. And you should have a positive result if you do ovulate. And nowhere in any of my cycles for the three or four months that I did at home did I ever have a positive result. So I took myself to the GP and she kind of said to me, you've only been off the pill for three months, let your body regulate, get back to normal and see what happens. So I did that, went home, spent another three or four months and nothing again, still no positive ovulation tests. And I went back and just said to her, this is weird. Like I'm young, I'm fit, I'm healthy. I've played sport my whole life. I've never had any girl issues and here I am, can't fall pregnant and not ovulating whatsoever. So I asked then to see a fertility specialist and got a referral and through work, I, my work, I work in a neonatal intensive care unit and I'm a midwife. I knew a specialist that I wanted to see who was working with Jenea. He did a load of tests as to why I wouldn't be ovulating. He went through polycystic ovarian syndrome. I had a brain MRI to see if I had a tumor on my pituitary gland, which came back negative. There was just absolutely no cause. I really struggled with that initial thought of having to do fertility treatment full stop. It was getting tiring, having all these blood tests and all these ultrasounds and kept having these negative results on having no answer. And sometimes I would think to myself, it would be better if we did have an answer, even if it wasn't a good a good one. It was draining. It was really, really draining. So I really struggled with that to the point where once all the testing were done, my specialist said to me, we can start next month and you could be pregnant next month. And I actually ended up saying to him, I'm not ready. I need a break. Everyone that knew me around me, family and friends were like, what do you mean you need a break? You've been to him for this and he's now starting treatment and you're not starting, like why sort of thing. And I said, I just need time out from blood tests. I need time out from ultrasounds. I need to stop being poked and prodded. And I took that next month off, didn't have any blood tests, didn't have anything. I did fitness. I did ate well. I chilled out and just hung out with my husband. It was the greatest month. And the following month I went back to him and I said, I'm ready to go. My head was in a better space. I felt better, stronger, and was just so ready to go down that path now. And I'd wrapped my head around the fact that we were going to need fertility treatment. And yeah, after that, he gave me four to six months of self-injections of a hormone that helps bring on ovulation or releasing of one of the eggs if they've matured. I'd heard all these horror stories, if you like. So many people had said to me, it's awful and its side effects are horrific and had a week off work. And, and I was prepped for that and I was ready and waiting, but yeah, no, nothing. I've made sure that I've shared with people that, that 
there's no necessarily need to be scared of that because I really did fear that for that that week on the on the tablets, but I was totally fine. Or th- right throughout that week, you have blood tests nearly every day. You have internal ultrasounds nearly every day, monitoring how many eggs you've got, if any of them are maturing. People can have multiple. And I only had one. And with the self-injections that you do three for three days, that causes the ovulation. And it did. And it was, yeah, then successful in that first cycle. I had a baby, Matthew, a little boy. He was born on the 13th of January. So he's nearly seven months old. I carried carried him to, to term and and had him in my first cycle so I was incredibly lucky it could have been a really long 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 journey but we were prepped for that and he gave me how many months for each thing and didn't end up needing it so we were one of the lucky ones. Like Megan, Christine and her husband always knew they wanted to have kids and after getting married they too started trying naturally. Four months into being married, I was 37, and we fell pregnant naturally. That was very exciting for a 37-year-old, four months, not, not, not bad, according to doctors, you know, specialist statistics. That wasn't to be, and I miscarried very early. When you go through a miscarriage, women say, it's a death, you know, it's like a loss. I have no words to describe that first one. I've had probably six miscarriages in total from that day and each of the miscarriages hurt. But that first one where, you know, we fell pregnant naturally and we're like, yes, I've got this. I'm 37, but I've got this, you know. And then a week later to find out I was miscarrying, heart-wrenching, absolutely heart-wrenching. I hated the world. I... I just hated everyone. And I didn't want to be one of those women that looked at pregnant women and, you know, fell to pieces. I wanted them to be okay with me, but I couldn't help behind closed doors cry my eyes out to my husband. I'd tell him, I know we're going to have a baby, but why couldn't this one be? At this stage, Christine was 38 and wary of how her age was affecting her fertility. Her fertility specialist suggested she take a hormone tablet to stimulate ovulation, a bit like the one that Megan spoke about. But after a few months, when they still weren't pregnant, they decided to start IVF. It turned out I had loads of eggs. <laughs> it was just getting to the good ones. So, and I believed, well, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a clever girl. I've, I, I know how this works. IVF's going to get the good ones. Put the sperm together. Boom, we've got a baby. First round, we got loads of eggs. 10, 11, 12, maybe a dozen. We joked about it being a dozen, I think. We had four good ones. They put one back and froze the other three. And then, of course, there's the two-week wait, the dreaded two-week wait. So, yeah, you know, optimistic and, you know, you feel them for your boobs. They saw, oh, I'm sure I'm pregnant, you know, all these signs. And, you know, you've got the nursery sorted in your head and you're picking names already. And then the phone call comes. Yay, you're pregnant. Awesome. A week after this phone call, Christine went into the clinic for tests, but her hormone levels had dropped and the pregnancy was not to be. It wasn't so much the miscarriage that you were dealing with on its own that time. There was also all that hope that, because I believed IVF would work, so then it was almost like double-hating my world. I thought it was just a part of who my husband was and, and you know, part of his personality till I speak to more I suppose, women and men and and realise maybe it's just a male thing. But talking obviously wasn't as easy for Kieran as it was for me, you know, to to sit down and, and, um, and to say to relatives or friends, this sucks, this hurts, you know. And he was just a rock to the point where one of my friends actually said, 
You know what, House Kieran? Everyone asks how, no offence, Chris, how you are. And I really love that. I really did. I thought, yeah, you're right. Nobody looks out for the guys in this because we are the ones that are being jabbed for follicle-stimulating um, hormones with, you know, with the hormones. We are the ones that go in for egg collection. We are the ones that get implanted, the blood taken from us, the baby grown inside us, told we're going to lose it. It doesn't take its toll on the male body, but nobody thinks about what's going on in their mind. And generally speaking, you know, men aren't great communicators anyway, but he was there, you know. I, Giron was very practical and, and sometimes that drove me insane. I'd be like, why aren't you hurting? And be like... I am hurting. I, I am sad, sweetie. But just because I'm not breaking down in tears like you and, you know, hitting a pillow or hating my world doesn't mean I'm not hurting. Uh, he was able to elaborate that to me. Not all the time, but it helped me understand that when I saw somebody who was strong and together, that didn't mean he was together on the inside. Christine and Kieran waited a couple of months before trying again with one of their three frozen embryos. But this embryo didn't take either and Christine miscarried once again. So they started looking into pre-implantation genetic screening, or PGS, a technique which allows scientists to test the genetic health of an embryo and to look for chromosomal problems that might be behind multiple miscarriages. Hubby and I were on the same page. We said, let's do another round. And genetic testing is when... They take cells from the embryo and send them to a lab to be genetically tested. And all 23 DNA, I suppose, need to come back normal before they will implant that embryo back in the womb. So we had another round and again, we got a good number of eggs. We had five that made it to genetic testing. Got a call three weeks later. Two of our five embryos were genetically normal. They actually tell you what the embryo, what it had wrong with it. Some women choose not to know me. I was the one like, tell me, tell me, what was it? I did Google a couple of the numbers that they gave me and it, they weren't really pleasant. It was just said things like a baby that would not have got past 12 months, would not have lived more than, you know, things that you shouldn't really Google, like leave it alone. You know, there's a reason they came back abnormal. I kind of went, okay, I get it now. You know, at the time, you don't want to hear it. You're like, because you don't understand it. Like, why? Why won't it implant? You know, we don't have genetic disorders in our family. Um, You know, I'm perfectly healthy and husband's perfectly healthy. They've done all the tests. Why? But when that comes back, you can see it doesn't matter why. It can happen to anybody. It wasn't because I was 37. Could You could be 25. You can be, you know, 44. It just, it's just what happens. You know, it's out of our control. After a successful embryo screen and transfer, Christine and Kieran waited for the call to let them know whether the embryo had resulted in a pregnancy. It was good news. So it got to week 14 and the sonographer said, did you want to know the sex? As I looked up on the screen, it was too late. There he was. <laughs> I left there and rang hubby and said, guess what? We're having a baby boy. And I just can't. I still remember where I was, what I was doing, going back to work. I took a screenshot of the picture with his legs spread and Willie out and it was just awesome. Yeah, really, really awesome. Christine and her husband both come from big families. So now with happy and healthy Benjamin in their lives, they decided to try for baby number two. But once again, the pregnancy was not to be and Christine miscarried at home. But she says that with Benjamin, IVF had given them hope. So they geared up for another round our people, I call them, you know, nurses, fertility doctors, just amazing. So I have felt very blessed whole of the way, you know, there was no 
office times, you know, professional hours. I could call any of them. And yeah, so we're very lucky. So that that was tough, but we got up, dusted ourselves off and we said to Hubby, right, let's go in and have another round of IVF. So anyway, the morning of my period came, what I thought was a period, and I rang my ner- the nurses at Janae and I said, I'm coming in, I've got my period. Throughout that day, I remember thinking, this period's not real heavy. Hmm, spits us. Oh, well, you know. Leaving the school gates, work gates, 3pm, so excited, going to pick up my hormones, going to make another baby. And one of the nurses rings. I went, I'm pregnant, right? She said, yep. <laughs> I went, woohoo. <laughs> so we went up the elevator and shaking, she put the probe on my belly. And lo and behold, seven and a half weeks as an embryo, booming heartbeat, measured to seven and a half weeks. And we're having a baby, naturally. So Isaac, who will be three next week, was our little natural conception. It may seem surprising, but Christine's story is not uncommon. In our last season of Modern Babies, we spoke to doctors to find out exactly what happens in a miscarriage and what to expect with different fertility treatments. So to hear that episode and more, head to jenea.com.au slash podcast, which is spelt G-E-N-E-A. In our next episode, we're going to be hearing about a disease that affects a staggering one in 10 women, endometriosis with two stories from women who have taken steps to overcome the threat that this condition posed on their fertility. If you think you suffer from bad period pain or know someone who does, this one is worth a listen. See you next time on Modern Babies. Modern Babies.